The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. I don't know how many times I need to say this, but leftism is a cancer. Actually, progressivism in in and of itself is the cancer. I'm Adrian Slate. Thanks for tuning in. The cultural indoctrination, it happens on different levels. The entertainment industry is where the progressive indoctrination is cosplayed in real time. This is where the Petri dish is put into action. This is where the theories and the narratives and the ideas are played on a scale that they can show you, well, this is how it could be, even though it's not real life. So they leave out natural consequences and different things that would come into play. What really happens is the education system is where the indoctrination seeds are planted. And then if you decide you want to send your kid to a $100,000, $200,000 re-education camp where they can go off and they can protest and they can learn about LGBTQRS and uh, climate change and all the other woke BS on campus, um, and get their fashion degree in, in German fashion studies or, you know, some sort of ridiculous gender fluid uh, study theory degree, whatever it is. This is where they get reeducated from con- uh, conservative values, Christian values, American values, whatever they are. And then they get turned into nice little Marxist and socialist. But then the entertainment industry shows practical application of these ideas. And then the beauty on their end, it's not the beauty, it's, it's the evil of it, but for them, the beauty of entertainment industry, Hollywood, uh, you know, uh, music industry, whatever it is, that, that progressivism being showed and played in real time doesn't require the re-education camp. That's only for those who want to really take themselves to a higher level and think that they're thinking outside of the box when really they're rejecting critical thinking and they're sheltering themselves within their own bubble, and they're not allowing difference of thought and, and ideas to be brought to their attention. But the beauty of the entertainment industry to do this is you don't have to even step foot on a college campus to have those seeds planted in your head. If you were one of those people that just weren't good in school and you dropped out of, uh, of college, you know, you barely made it out of high school, or you wanted to go into a trade school, there's nothing wrong with that the indoctrination of planting seeds is still happening even if you don't step foot onto the re-education camps of college. But if you do, then it gets taken to a whole higher level. And I bring this up because of some interesting things I've seen in pop culture. First off, my son and I, actually my family, we all went and saw The Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars. And you know what? A lot of people bagged on it. I thought it was great. I'm not going to give any spoilers out, but I really thought they kind of tied up the loose ends of the entire Star Wars series. They left it on a good note. There was some really good action-packed moments. I I felt like they took some aspects of, like they took a sort of dipped a toe into Attack of the Clone Wars 
or the Clone War idea and magnified it beyond belief. But one of the things I noticed, and I noticed this with Rogue One, which Rogue One was freaking amazing, by the way. But I noticed this when Rogue One came out, it was released around the time that President Trump was newly inaugurated. And there was a lot of different wokeness ideas that were thrown in there. You know, you had the female pilots and nothing against female pilots, but you didn't see any of that in the in four, five and six. Um, you know, in the in the rise of Skywalker, you had some little wokeisms going on. You know, the two girls making out at the end that made everybody angry. You know, the thing about it is people were going, why did they take the Star Wars brand and exploit it like this? Why do you think? Because the, the places we congregate for escapism are the places that they want to follow us and attack us with their progressivism. Because escapism takes away every bit of influence that they have. You know, that, that escapism that we had is the same escapism that we have with the NFL, with NASCAR, with Major League Baseball, with movies. But like the Marvel Universe, just like Star Wars, just like the NFL, you can't even watch a draft without two you know, guys making out and one's a, you know, what is he, a punter, a kicker or something like that. I, they have to inject their leftism wherever you go. That's why ESPN had all their wokeism on SportsCenter. Now, it gets rejected over time and people feel it. They start to scale back and they go, okay, maybe we should re rethink this. But going back to Star Wars, you know, Star Wars is a brand where everybody collects, not everybody, but a good majority of people collectively congregate and enjoy a fantasy idea, you know, a, a fantasy story. They can check out a reality, check into a different reality and forget about things and really get wrapped up in the creativity of a futuristic story. And I remember the left was trying to take Rogue One and equivocate various aspects to the plight of the Democrats after losing elections with the plight of the rebellion. I remember they tried to equivocate the rebellious nature of the Democrats after losing their presidential election to the rebellion in Star Wars. And they called the rebellion in Star Wars the resistance. But really, who is depicted in these movies accurately? I mean, it would seem to me that the Democrats would fit the Empire and the First Order. I mean, who really wants to control the Republic with an iron fist? Who really wants to have you bend your knee to all their progressive causes? And if, they, if you don't bend your knee, if you don't comply, if you don't toe the line, they will destroy your world. They will Death Star explode your planet, your world. You will lose your economics. You will lose your job. You will lose... You will be shunned from society, from social media. You'll be a pariah. And if you stand for freedom and liberty, you know, the stormtroopers in the form of Antifa with mask on, they will attack in a coordinated offense. And not to mention, we as conservative libertarians, we try to uphold the force, which is the natural God-given rights that surround us all and are provided to us at birth that the Constitution restrains the government from stepping in. So I think they've got the roles reversed here. But, you know, we 
choose our havens of, of escapism, and that's where we congregate. And like that annoying head-scratcher salesman at the kiosk in the mall, they will chase you with their progressivism and their wokeism into the nearest wet seal, you know, or into the nearest New York and company. You don't even want to go in those stores, but you're hiding out because that guy's going, hey, come here, come here, let me, let me massage your head. And you're like, no, leave me the heck alone. So this is happening on many levels, not just with Star Wars. Pop culture is upstream from politics. There's some new shows that I saw coming out that really kind of got me. The first one is the Saved by the Bell reboot. I, I kid you not. They have a transgender actress or actor, I guess, Josie Tata. They wrote this person as the lead actress for Saved by the Bell's reboot. Saved by the Bell reboot has finally gotten its leading lady. Transgender actress Josie Tata will be the show's um, lead, which will be airing on the Peacock streaming service, according to The Hollywood Reporter, which the Peacock is what? NBC. Now, Will she be Screech or will Screech be the one screeching when she meets her? Will Mr. Belding be having a hard time trying to use the preferred pronouns of this individual? I don't know. I heard that this person's going to be Zach. I think the theme is going to go something like this. Well, I wake up in the morning, popping wood without a warning. Can't get the visual out of my mind. By the time he stuffs her boobs and he gives herself a look. They're at the corner in time to see the guys haul ass by. It's all right, going straight to hell. They truly have to destroy everything that you grew up on. I mean, I'm not a big, you know, Saved by the Bell fan, obviously. I watched a little bit of it when I was growing up. But, you know, this here's a tweet that kind of shows what I'm talking about. This is Jess Schwinn. She wrote, shows, movies that follow stories of POC, LGBTQ, immigration, etc. aren't political. They're just real stories in a country where we politicized every story that doesn't follow middle-class white people. Yeah, um, not necessarily. But, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, why are you worried about this? I mean, it's just a TV show. Why do you care? You don't have to watch it. But it's bigger than that. Someone at an entertainment company had to risk hundreds of thousands to even millions of dollars to put it all on the line to maybe watch it succeed, watch it fail. This isn't someone just making a play, someone just casting a transgender person or what we're going to get into with Party of Five where their parents were busted for illegal immigration and now their kids have to live on their own. They're so committed to the, to the causes on the left that they're not only going to center their scripts around it, they're going to put it into production. They're going to spend all this money on production, spend crap tons to hire actors and production crew and marketing this wasn't done flippantly. This was completely coordinated and purposeful. They don't care about the success of metrics such as ratings and show downloads. They care about social justice. The failure of an expensive TV series where investments are risked and squandered is of no concern or consequence because not only can they use the flops to write off as tax write-offs that they, you know, they'll bitch about the CEOs of big companies doing, but they also do it in the name of social justice to push transgenderism, homosexuality, open borders, climate change, anything the left can ingrain within the fa fabric of society via political correctness and its chilling effect on people to push back on these things, um, to take leaps and bounds of n cultural norms away and to avoid becoming pariahs. 
you know, people will go there, go links to not be a pariah and not push back. They're going to inject these into the scripts of TVs and TV shows and movies. Think about what they did on Netflix, a homosexual Jesus. You know, you're not allowed to make fun of the show with the transgendered Saved by the Bell kid or the gay Will and Grace kid, but they can take someone who is a religious icon, a prophet who was actually the savior of the world. He wasn't just a prophet and depict him as a homosexual and they'll call that art. So realize that culture's coming after you and it's going to follow you wherever it will. And they don't care about the money that they've spent. If it's going to just be squandered, they want their agenda pushed 100%. So speaking of other shows that have come into play that are basically (laughs) vehicles for leftist progressivism propaganda, we have a couple This is an actual tweet from a viewer. I need you all to watch this new series on Hulu. Story about a Hispanic family. Parents are restaurant owners, but deported after 24 years, leaving behind five kids in America. It is amazing, emotional, and all-round awesome. Not all-around, all-round awesome. But, yeah, this is Party of Five. They're doing a Party of Five reboot. Now, this isn't Dawson's Creek, you know. I don't want to wait for this BS to be over. No, they're, they're doing Party of Five, and they're basically wrapping around immigration. <laughs> Trump's immigration policy, which, you know, they never really did this under Obama back in 2014 when people were having to go down to the border and pass out teddy bears and all that because the influx of kids across the border was so ridiculous They were bussing people into San Francisco and the citizens came in and turned them around and said, get the hell out of here. They were putting them in uh, old resort complexes that they turned into detention centers. They had them all across the southern border in Texas and New Mexico and what have you. Arizona, none of that. None of that was uh, was an issue. We weren't seeing TV shows based on, you know, it wasn't like 90210 and Maybe, uh, uh, what was the name of the restaurant that they, uh, that they used to go to? You know, maybe the, the cook back there was an illegal immigrant and he was good friends with them on the show and he gets deported. None of that was happening. But it's happening with Party of Five, the reboot. Now, listen to the writers and the creator of Party of Five explain what their reasoning was behind doing this reboot in this kind of fashion. When we began to see on the front page of every newspaper these issues of families being torn apart and kids having to figure out a way forward with their parents gone, it seemed like, well, that is the reason, that's the reason to tell the story again. The feeling that your roots could be torn out from under you at any moment and you could just be put on a bus or shipped off is very real. There's this sense, there's this idea that, you know, immigration or uh, diversity or community, like having diverse communities, having communities that welcome people, that this is like a Latinx issue or it's an of color issue and it's an everybody issue. So the idea of telling this story in this way now and how these children overcome this issue and how this family overcomes this issue, it felt incredibly resonant. So this show is actually on Freeform, which if you want to go back through the history of that channel, Freeform, it started out as CBN, 
who sold it to ABC. It was the Family Channel. It was an offshoot of the Christian Broadcasting Network. Pat Robertson took the Family Channel, sold it to ABC. It then became ABC Family. And then over time, they littered it with everything that isn't family-friendly. And then they decided, ah, to hell with it. Let's just change the name of the channel. We'll call it Freeform. That means we can do what we want. So this is on a channel that is focused towards tweens and millennials and younger people. But what they've done here is they've taken this idea of immigration reform, more specifically, the nexus behind why they decided to do this, the genesis behind why they decided to do it is based off of, you know, she said, well, it's in the papers. It was all in the papers. Yeah. She took an aspect of gaslighting and glommed onto it. See, that's the difference. It's one thing if there is something culturally uh, present. You know, if you think about the shows in the 80s, almost everything centered around Cold War, nuclear war, some sort of nuclear war backdrop. Or even when there was shows like, uh, what was the one with Corky? Uh, you know, the, the kid with Down syndrome. There was the boyfriend who was HIV positive. AIDS was just a big thing back in the 80s. And it was like, oh, we can't be around the guy with AIDS. We might get AIDS ourselves. It's one thing if there's something like that that's just hovering in the culture. It's another thing when you've built up a lie based off of gaslighting, which gaslighting is where somebody comes up with a narrative. Trump hates immigrants. And then they build upon this narrative. Let's take his policies on this and his policies on that. And then we will only report the bad things. And if somebody took a previous person's policy, like Obama's policy, a previous president's policy, we're not going to talk about that. We're only going to talk about what's happening right now at the moment because it's done by a Republican and we can make him look bad. So we will take the, uh, the narrative lie and then we will shove it across all the news outlets and then Hollywood will jump in and they'll have their two cents. Next thing you know, we've built an entire subculture bubble of narrative casting And that is where the premise of the TV show is being built from. So the premise is faulty in the beginning, and then you're going to pile on it and build something like this. This is the same reason why the Saved by the Bell reboot is a failure too, because this whole trans thing is being elevated by the news media and the left, and then you're going to build the the premise for your show on top of that. People wonder... Oh, you think everything's political. Why do you think this show's political? Because the narrative is political. And then you're building the premise of your show off the political narrative. So everything's political. And so that's what they're doing here with Party of Five. And what's I, I still don't hear people calling us Caucasian X. I, I don't know what this Latinx thing is, but whatever it is, basically they gloss over the fact, you know, they make it seem like the Gestapo just showed up and pulled the, this family out of here and said, get the hell out, and just took them out of here. Oh, what? You look brown. Let's get out of here. Never mind the fact that they were here illegally. Never mind the fact that you are not a citizen. If I, I can't just go rolling in to China without any sort of citizenship and setting up shop, make a little restaurant, and not expect at some point for somebody to show up and go, uh... Are you supposed to be here? You know, I, I don't have people just come in my window and hang out in my kitchen without going, yeah, are you supposed to be in this place? You know, this is my house. Do you have, did you purchase title to this house? Or did you marry in? Are you a citizen of this household? None of that gets brought into play. And then 
you know, they want to put it on the backdrop of diversity and immigration and the whole thing is garbage, but it's there to paint the picture for the naive and especially the impressionable youth, the youth that gets exploited to be human shields for climate change and gun control, which we'll get into Greta Thunberg here in just a moment. But that's what they're doing. And they know that they can puncture the culture because they own the culture. They own Hollywood. They own television, media, Netflix. That's why Obama administration officials are going to Netflix. That's why they're also Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation and her campaign aides are all jumping into Google and and YouTube because they know that's how you control the culture. And just like we talked about with what was going on with the rise of Skywalker, they're now doing it with Star Trek. So Patrick Stewart, Jean-Luc Picard or whatever, he's got a new series and it's going to be based on Picard. The new Star Trek series, this is from the Daily Wire, Starring Sir Patrick Stewart isn't being explicably billed as woke, but it seems the series star, who will reprise his role as legendary Enterprise captain Jean-Luc Picard, believes Star Trek Picard will have a message for anti-immigrant leaders and global isolationists. The series will have a more pessimistic take on Starfleet, the quasi-military arm that handles discovery, reach, and generally law enforcement duties for the United Federation of Planets, Stewart described the fictional organization now years past the events of Star Trek The Next Generation and the subsequent Star Trek films as hopelessly corrupt and cruelly isolationist in the face of galactic refugee crisis. Yeah, so they're basically saying Patrick Stewart's going to take on Brexit and he's going to take on Trump. Two things that the public longed for. That's what kills me. They don't care about sacrificing their investment. They don't care about pissing their money into the wind. Because the cause is greater than the ratings. The cause is greater than the downloads and the views and the streams. The cause must be upheld. And we must build the cause in the fictional realm so that people can see it cosplayed in action to be put into the natural realm. That's the whole reason behind all of this. Never mind the fact that the people rose up and voted Brexit in England and then voted the Labour Party, the communist wing, the Bernie Sanders-style Jeremy Corbyn wing, voted them completely out. Never mind that that is a rejection of globalism. Macedonia, Hungary, Brazil, Donald Trump in America the rise of nationalism in America, whether it, it good, it's good or bad, this is all a rejection of all of that, but yet you're still going to decide, I'm going to take a franchise like Star Wars or like Star Trek or like you know previous shows, Party of Five and, and Saved by the Bell, and I'm going to build them on something nobody cares for, and if it fails, well, it fails. I don't care because the narrative and the political agenda must be upheld. It's, it's why CNN, MSNBC, uh, they don't have ratings. They don't care about ratings. From a financial standpoint, you would think, yeah, ratings matter. That brings you advertisers. That brings you money. Somebody's pumping money into these entities because somehow they're existing with little to no ratings. But because they push the agenda, they are getting the propulsion. They are getting the wind behind their sails. 
because it's all about the political narrative of progressivism. This is Adrian Slade. So the creepy elf, the climate elf is back in the news. Greta Thunberg, you know, I, I know she's a child with special needs, so we can't pick on her. We can't joke about her, but we're going to anyways, because she's been out there lambasting America and basically even the uh, the EU, you know, UK, some of those countries, she's out there chastising us for fossil fuels and whatever the case may be. You know, she's up there at the UN speaking and talking about how she lost her youth. How dare you, you know? Well, <laughs> one of the things that was interesting was there was a moment where she was with a group of other kids who were out there on the beat and uh, somebody tried to press her, you know, and say, hey, uh, what are your thoughts about this climate issue and that climate issue? And she was dumbfounded. In fact, she said, I think it would be a good idea to let others speak about this. Why? Because she doesn't know what she's talking about. And we talked about how her parents, you know, her parents are influential in, I guess, Sweden. Um, one's like an opera singer and an actress. I, I, I don't really remember the details, but apparently they are prominent people in their country. And they basically said, you know, Greta, she just wasn't eating. She saw this National Geographic depiction of climate change and polar bears not being able to swim like they normally do. They're, they're losing the icebergs and everything's melting and they're dying and they're losing their, their, they're losing their habitat. Um, which we've learned that polar bears can swim for miles and miles underwater. And they don't need those little icebergs to cling to. Uh, but that resonated with Greta Thunberg to a point where she was obsessed with it. Probably has something to do with her medical, her, you know, her mental condition. But she perseverated on it. She wouldn't eat. And then it became this whole thing. So they had to get out there and start championing, uh, championing the climate change mantra because... It's the only thing that's going to bring Greta out of her shell. It's the only thing that's going to make her normal. Well, Zero Hedge has an interesting article. Facebook glitch reveals Greta Thunberg's father posting as teenage climate activist. Yep, yep. And a Thursday evening software update at Facebook actually allowed anyone to view exactly who is posting under the accounts of public figures under the accounts of businesses and other entities, according to Wired Magazine. The result? For starters, some 3 million followers of teenage climate activist Greta Thunberg have been reading posts written by her father, Svante Thunberg, and a climate activist in India who serves as a delegate at the UN's climate change organization, Adarsh Pradat. Thunberg Inc. claims Greta is still the one writing the content. And you see screenshots of all this. Greta Inc. explained that on a Facebook post purporting to be the young climate activist, quote, some people have been asking who manages this page. First of all, since last spring, I only use Facebook to repost what I write on Twitter and Instagram accounts, reads the post, in which she says she tried Facebook early on but didn't like it, so she uses 
my father's front day's account to repost content. The rest that is shared on Facebook is reposted from Twitter and Instagram by the guy who founded the Greta Thunberg Facebook page long before I knew it existed. His name is Adarsh Pradap, and he lives in India. Since a lot of people thought it was my official page in the beginning, I asked if I could co-manage it, and he said yes. Oh, of course. That's... Greta claims to have written all of the content posted by her father and Pradap. In other words, it wasn't me. Of course it's not me. You silly fools. You should have known I just co-manage the fan page. Except by all outward appearances, it appeared to be her page alone. Because that's what they do. It's all, it's all, this is all complete narrative casting. This is all charades and facades. Facebook's page transparency shows Greta as the confirmed owner with the only clue suggesting she might have help being uh, the page manager. Except for the guy in India. <laughs> According to Facebook, the flaw was click quickly fixed but not before the people behind the famous accounts were revealed and shared on public forums such as 4chan. Of course, 4chan is where people go to kind of, you know, put things out in the open that a lot of people kind of shove to the side or they come up with crazy ideas and try to see if people will parrot them, <laughs> which I've seen quite a bit. That happened to Michael Avenatti. But if anyone thinks that Greta Thunberg and this whole thing is, is real... There are articles out, I kid you not, articles that will blow your mind about climate change. One in particular, binging Netflix will cause climate change. Apparently, if you binge Netflix movies and TV shows, that has the same carbon footprint as driving four miles in your vehicle. Seriously? So now you can't binge Netflix. And, I mean, you've got all of these other stories that are out. Apparently, we are going to meet peak meat if we don't cut back on, on animals and cut, cut back on red meat. We need to cut back before 2030. If we don't do it soon, we are going to meet peak meat, which I thought peak meat was, you know, a bad Pornhub thing. But... It, it's coming, apparently. Apparently, peak meat is coming, and we must do something about it. So we're not able to eat red meat anymore. We're not able to, uh, you know, binge Netflix programs anymore. But you don't see Greta Thunberg heading over to China. This is from National Review. Greta Thunberg is currently sailing back to Europe to participate in another UN-sponsored climate conference, but she might do better to change course towards China from the Financial Times. China is set to add new cold fire plants equivalent to the EU's entire capacity as the world's biggest economy consumer ignores global pressure to rein in carbon emissions in its bid to boost a slowing economy. Across the country, 148 gigawatts of coal fire plants are either being built or about to begin construction, according to a report from the Global Energy Monitor, a nonprofit group that monitors coal stations. While the rest of the world has been largely reducing coal-powered capacity over the past two years, China is building so much coal power that it has more than offsets. Um, it, it, 
it has more coal power than it would offset the declines elsewhere. What is being built in China is single-handedly turning what the world would be in the, uh, the, in the, in the beginning of the decline of the coal into continued growth of coal, he said. This is uh, from Ted Nice, the head of Global Energy Monitor, said the new coal plants would have significant impact on China's already increasing carbon emissions. He added swapping or swamping global progress and bringing down emissions is what China would do. So, but that's the thing. That's when you know this is all fake. That's when you know it's all astroturf. So Greta Thunberg is going to chastise us on pipelines and go to San Francisco, and then she's going to go back to the EU. She's going to get up there at the UN. But there's no talk of China and everything that they want to do to curb emissions, you know, reduction in technology, you know, scaling back Netflix, reduction in meat consumption, reduction in energy, uh, fossil fuel energy, the increase of taxes, the increase. It's, it's all things to stagnate our economy and our technological growth. And who gets the pass? China. China doesn't even get scrutinized. China doesn't even, even get looked at because China is communist. China is atheist. China is the model for what the world leaders would want out of a global union. Something that looks like capitalism on the outside, but it's all run by the government below the surface. Something that they, the government controls the means of production but it looks like it's some sort of thriving, you know, pseudo-capitalist society. That's what China wants. China wants the monitoring of its citizens. China wants to know whether or not you're a good citizen through social credit scores. And this is all something that's going to come to a head on a global scale very soon. So you just, you have to watch out for this. You have to realize people like Greta Thunberg is, they're the David Hoggs, you know, of gun control. David Hogg is out there with Emma Gonzalez and they're the kids that are going to make a difference because they were in a school that had a shooting and they want to get out there and you need to listen to the kids. Rashida Tlaib's out there propping up her son as her son is the one who came up with all these policy ideas. We need the kids. They're, they're exploiting children so that you can't push back against it and so they can further their agenda to move to a global union of communism. Interesting part of the whole Greta Thunberg uh, situation is that the Swedish public, now this is from True Pundit, the Swedish public has voted that climate change spending has been the biggest waste of taxpayers' money in 2019, according to a poll by the Swedish Taxpayers Association. The Taxpayers Association released the results of their annual wasteful spending poll earlier in the week, declaring that climate policy had been the biggest waste of money largely due to the fact that despite the spending, emissions in Sweden had actually slightly increased. <laughs> Look at that. In 2014, the Swedish national government spent 5.2 billion Swedish krona, which is the equivalent of $547 million, a number that has more than doubled to 12.6 billion krona. <laughs> I mean... And that's for the planned 2020 budget. The government has more than doubled the appropriations for climate policy. But despite this, emissions no longer decrease. In 2018, emissions even increased. That is why climate policy has been voted the worst waste of the year. John Gustafsson, uh, he is the waste ombudsman at Taxpayers Association, had said. So all of these things that were supposed to curb 
you know, curb climate uh, issues in their country, they're actually increasing. Whereas we, as a country, the United States decided not to go along with the French uh, Paris Accords. And we, as individual companies in the United States as a country, are outdoing the numbers that are required under the, the Paris Climate Accord. How is that possible? Could it be that companies actually try to minimize their externalities? Maybe some of the things they use for resources, they want to find other ways to make profit out of it. They don't want to just use up resources and then blow out externalities, and there you go. They try to find creative ways to make money off the externalities. They try to find ways to utilize every bit of the resources that they use because they're not looking to just eat up you know, the, the redwood forest or they want to just dirty up the ocean. They actually want to find ways to monetize that end of the whole spectrum. You know, you've got the raw materials that get sent in and then it gets turned into production, turned into uh, different parts and inventory and, and things of that nature. And then they turn into uh, products that go to sale. Well, some of the things that are outputs from that process, some of these companies they want to monetize that stuff too. They don't want to destroy forest if they're in a company that, or if they're a company that deals with uh, lumber or wood or any any sort of things of that nature. They're going to buy their own area, and you know, they're basically going to put it into different phases so that they're always with resources. So when people sit there and think that all oh, these big businesses, they just want to do whatever they want to do. They don't care about anything. They'll pollute the water. Yeah, that's 1970s, okay? That's 1960s and 70s, where some of them probably didn't know what they were doing with their externalities. But over time, we have found ways to minimize externalities, and we have found ways to monetize some of the extracides that come from utilizing the resources for the main product that these businesses do. And in doing so, they end up causing climate emissions to go down, whatever climate emissions are. So Sweden, they think that their government wasted a ton of money on it, and we kind of do too. So <laughs> that's an interesting development in the Greta Thunberg. Daddy's going to write my post. Use the child as a human shield climate uh, caper. Do you know what the best part is about this whole Greta Thunberg? Uh, Daddy's going to write post under my name. This is what she tweeted out. I kid you not. We don't want these things to be done by 2050, 2030, or even 2021. We want this done now, as in right now. It's a new decade. From now on, every day will be crucial. I write with 20 other young activists. These are our demands for the hashtag World Economic Forum. And please remember, many of us who have signed this are children. Many of us who live under constant threat just for communicating the situation we are in. So do not make up your own quotes or twist our words. Quote what we said exactly instead. Or do we quote what your dad said? Because <laughs> I mean, your dad's writing all this in some climate activist in India. The Greta Thunberg thing is just... One cog in the giant wheel of the communist climate change movement. And Jane Fonda 
communist of communist. Remember, she was the one that went over to communist Vietnam and basically protested the war right there on the soil in Vietnam. Yeah, she had her little climate event recently in D.C., to which I think she's been arrested every single Friday. Something to, I don't know, it's something ridiculous. But she brings Joaquin Phoenix out there. Now, don't get me wrong, I like Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, come on. Joker was an amazing movie. Walk the line, he did an amazing job as Johnny Cash. I mean, just owned it. But he's still a Hollywood liberal. And listen to his justification for the fact that uh, first we have to change our eating habits. But, you know, I sometimes got to do what you got to do, which means I may have to use some jet fuel and fly on out here. Just listen to this drivel by the great Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, hi. Thank you, uh, Jane, uh, for organizing this and inviting me, and thank you all for being here. I don't have anything prepared. Um, people have spoken so intelligently and eloquently, um, but something I think isn't oftentimes uh, talked about in the environmental movement or in the conversation about climate change um, is that the meat and dairy industry um, is the third leading cause of climate change. and. Um, I think sometimes we wonder what can we do in this in this fight against climate change and there's something that you can do today right now and tomorrow um, by making a choice about what you consume um, and I think that it's uh, something that is uh, it, it, it is doable I, I struggle so much with what I can do at times there are things that I can't avoid I flew a plane out here today uh, or last night rather um, but one thing that I can do is, is change my, my eating habits and so I just want to urge all of you to to join me in, in that and you as well, Jane. And thank you so much for this opportunity. So, Joaquin, what are you consuming? Jet fuel? What are you consuming? Gas to get to the to the facility? To get to the stage? Oh, you're changing your eating habits. Remember, peak meat is coming up. We got to stop it now so we can get ready for 2030. That means we got to stop eating meat. Which, juxtaposed with... Everything else going on is insane. Here's the funny thing. We then get into the dichotomy of health based on the liberals because they want to dictate health and wellness. And so you've got one side who's out there saying, yeah, you've got to be a vegan. You've got to, or at least a vegetarian, and you need to eat healthy and you need to be under a certain weight, you know, and it's like those California individuals who are out there fit all the time, working out on the beach. And, you know, because if you're not well, you're going to bring down the healthcare system that everyone should be paying into. And then on the other side, there's this weird body positivity movement that falls right in line with the transgender movement. Accept me for who I am. Yeah, if I'm overweight, I'm overweight. No biggie. It is what it is. You should love it and like it. Well, Lizzo. Apparently, she's a pop singer. I couldn't even tell you a song she wrote. I just know she's a little overweight. She celebrates her big caboose up on MTV at the Music Awards with a giant ass up on the stage. And Jillian Michaels, she was the one who was on uh, those workout shows, uh, the, the extreme makeover shows uh, uh, where you lose like 400 pounds in a course of 60 days. She was being interviewed about Lizzo. Lizzo. 
and she has a different take on the whole situation about body positivity. And this is where the liberals start to eat their own because what side are you on? Do you have to push vegetarianism and veganism and a healthy workout and a healthy diet? You know, regulate the salt and the trans fats. Get the trans fats out. No sodas. But then you go around celebrating your fatness. That's what they're doing. So just listen to them talk about this. I I have to say, I've I've personally found, and I love celebrities like Lizzo or Ashley Graham who are really preaching self-acceptance. I love her music. Yeah, 100%. I don't know anything about her. I'm sure she's a cool awesome chick. Yeah, and I love that they're putting images out there that we normally don't get to see of bodies that we don't get to see being celebrated. And um, why are we celebrating her body? Why does it matter? That's what I'm saying. Like, why aren't we celebrating her music? Because it isn't going to be awesome if she gets diabetes. Well, I want to ask you... I'm just being honest. Like, I love her music. Like, my kid loves her music. But there's never a moment where I'm like, and I'm so glad that she's uh, uh, overweight. Like, why do we... Why do I even care why is it my job to care about her weight and just like vince vaughn speaking with the president of the united states at a game a championship game jillian was canceled she was getting dragged on social media people coming at her at all different angles but what's funny is she quadrupled down on it and said as i've stated repeatedly we are all beautiful worthy and equally deserving I also feel strongly that we love ourselves enough to acknowledge there are serious health consequences that come with obesity, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, to name only a few. I would never wish these for anyone. And I would hope we prioritize our health because we love ourselves and our bodies. So she's taken the brunt of attacks because you're not accepting, you're not allowing people to be who they are and live the life that they are and welcome body positivity, which there's a new icon in the body positivity movement. It is a fat, bald cat, a massive pot belly sphinx cat named Amsterdam, who resembles a Buddha statue, is tickling legions of feline fans online with his impressive girth and stone cold confidence. The Vienna based hairless Gato Grande weighs about 16 pounds, and that's even without the fur. So they've got this bald cat out there. It looks like Buddha. Of course, they're from Vienna. And that is the that is the icon of body positivity. Of course, if you and I took care of our animals in that fashion, what would happen? We'd have PETA knocking on our door. We'd have photos of us all online doxing us, telling us our, our addresses and where we work, and cancel culture would be trying to destroy us. So, yeah. Liberals eating their own, and culture is being inundated with progressivism, especially on the wake of a re-election, because they really think that if they can just inundate the culture with progressivism, they can rock the vote back their way. Now, we started off with Rise of Skywalker and its wokeness. Let's bring it full circle with Adam Driver, also known as Ben Solo, hashtag Kylo Ren, and he actually had the best statement for how he stays in character. you access the inner bad guy, does it come naturally to you? Or do you, you know, do you go to a dark place? I just think about taxes uh, <laughs> and traffic, and I'm, and I'm there. And there it is. Taxes and traffic. And of course, traffic these days, especially with the 
crazy high occupancy lanes that they make and the stupid roundabouts that you get stuck into and you don't know if somebody's coming up to hit you and you're circling about like you're trapped on a friggin' space station stuck around the stuck around the earth yeah taxes and traffic does it for me and if anything that sums up that's the that's the full circle of the show today we start out with the wokeness infecting things that we love like star wars and all of the crazy shows that are getting rebooted with progressivism and the climate icons that are shown as being frauds. And we turn it right, right back around to somebody with sanity, like Adam Driver, Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, bringing us the sanity that what makes you cry is taxes and traffic. I can fully agree with that. But these are the things you have to look for. Of course, we can always not watch the TV shows, not go to the movies, but it's getting hard because they're putting it in everything. So I think we need to be aware of it, especially if we're going to try to convey these these things to our kids and show them where these people are wrong in culture. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Listen to us on Mojo 5 Radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to Mojo5o.com every Wednesday, 10 p.m., Also, get the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast, wherever podcasts are hosted, and be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review that's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show. Go to patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. Give $2 a month or go to anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Parler, Convo, Snippy, search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter, at Rants Out Loud, or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter. And you can also read the blog, adriansladeshow.com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku streaming channel store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.